0: Hey, welcome to the Most Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Temple Tonelli, and I'm joined this week by Mike Munznerider and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite to talk about skate video series and the environment. Writing for Huck Magazine, Sam Haddad says, it's time for skateboarding's environmental reckoning. Mike, what's your watch say? Is it time for a reckoning?
1: Hmm, good question. Uh, The thrust
0: of the piece
1: relies on the fact that, I believe it's what, concrete manufacturer just like the process of making concrete accounts for 7% of annual global climate hurting emissions. And that then skateboarding's reliance of concrete for skate parks and whatnot kind of hurts its uh, environmental Q rating. And I'm not so sure it's, 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 it's a thought provoking idea just to, you know, I, I think the, the article was pegged for kind of earth day, which is coming up this weekend. And um, you know, it it knocks on the door of questions involving how skateboarding could be more environmentally conscious. I'm not sure the concrete, or I'd say, you know, skateboarding share of concrete emissions in the global grand scheme of things is um, you know, <laughs> our environmental reckoning. But uh, I, I I thought there, you know, it, it there was some food for thought in there. You know, trying to find a less environmentally damaging concrete that uses different substances in it like that's good for everyone that's good for all concrete uses and not just skating uh so to answer your original question Templeton I'm not quite sure it's time for this environmental
0: reckoning Jason how'd this, how'd this piece hit you are you much of an environmentalist? You, you know uh
2: Templeton like I, I do my share like I, I recycle you know pretty adamantly um Full Disclosure I drive a gas guzzler, but that's besides the point. Basically, I'm not down with the concept of this article. Um, I guess it's good if you're trying to come up with some birthday related content, but like I'm just not down with this whole thing where people like come down on or harangue like regular folk for not being environmentalists. But you know, let's be real, everyone knows the real cause of global warming is had was it was set in motion. What year is it? 2023. Basically 200 years ago by corporations when they decided to just fucking go for profit over everything, including people's health, environmental health, you know, all that shit. And also older people who are, you know, nearing the end of life, who whose thought process is basically, well, you know, we won't fucking be here. So, you know, what the fuck? You know, like, like a reckoning. Like, what did we do? You know, did re- are you serious? <laughs> what the fuck the fuck did we do?
0: Well, I I don't think it's necessarily, like, not our problem to fix. You know, like, we didn't necessarily, we, as in people who are younger, uh, although, am I part of that we? I don't know, 43. We weren't the ones to set it in motion, but we are the ones who are going to have to deal with whatever consequences, and I tend to think that we're going to kind of innovate our way out of a lot of this stuff, but I think that there's going to be a lot of uh, bad stuff on the way to to those innovations. I mean, it's already there's been plenty of like oil spills and sea level rise and all that shit. I, I, I will like, yeah, narrow narrow the focus just from the, you know,
1: it's it's not our fault thing. And uh just in terms of skateboarding and pegging it to environmentalism. And I it it's it's laid out in the story actually where, you know, surfing and snowboarding are much more obvious positions sports from which to advocate for environmentalism because you know outdoors and water and surf and all that and um paul o'connor's quoted in there and he uh, he he used a wonderful phrase that you know skaters are into disgusting locations and i think that's kind of that's 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 the rub in terms of being like oh skaters should be environmentalists like skateboarding can be a great vehicle for a lot of causes a lot of different causes i don't know if environmentalism is it because we like grimy city locations we like the built environment it didn't the article did make a good point of like well let people just skate what already exists if building skate parks is an act like is a problem we're going to take serious for the environment which i'm I'm not really i'm not convinced that that's that's a, a huge part of the problem but i just don't think skateboarding is the right vehicle for this and I also, yeah. for the record, wish skateboarding didn't have to all, you know, skateboarding can just be skateboarding. It doesn't need to be the vehicle for anything. Jason, you were saying.
2: Oh, well, flip side of what all what I said was, you know, Dr. O'Connor made a really good point point. was like, hey, if, you know, communities are really concerned about the environment, environmental impact of skate park, just make, you know, skatable spaces in cities. I mean, that seems like the way to go. Like, whatchamacallit, like, Tumbling posted that, What's a museum in Glasgow? Yeah, the Riverside you got, Museum. Yeah, yeah, that place is awesome. Yeah, you got some of them in Copenhagen and Malmo. But, uh, you know, that, old, that only works in communities and countries where, like, having, like, a communal space is valued. Like, I don't see that happening in America anytime soon. Maybe not within a within, like, 20 years or so.
0: It seems like the trend is more towards privatizing space and having less space that's for the public and kind of like free form where you can go and do whatever you feel like you know it's just like these are basketball courts these are pickleball courts like this is a skate park you can only do these activities in these spaces yeah there's just not that many places especially for kids to go and just like be kids and hang out and like yeah. smoke cigs and stuff like that
2: yeah I mean that like yeah to that point like skate parks are great for kids I mean not not everyone can go on like uh, you know urban skate mission every Saturday
0: yeah that's a really good point I mean I like I think my parents would have way preferred to drop me off at the skate park than at some office park <laughs> where I would go get kicked out of every every location possible within that office park but thankfully they did so that was that was pretty cool them. yeah I think one of the one, one point raised in the story
1: is the kind of the single-use concrete park all x games or street league you know where they go in build this thing that could be permanent and then it's just a one-time single event use type thing and i guess i'm approaching that list from yeah the environmental impact just to the kind of like that's whack you know like people work for 15 years to get their city to build one of those and like people can't the people running these events should be more creative than just all right knock it down afterwards and you know as opposed to we could build something and and then leave it as a permanent community asset like x games in minneapolis i think was scuttled by covid after two years but i believe the city was supposed to get some sort of permanent skate park or something funded by the x games and that never happened
0: i wonder if it's just like a logistics thing where like the x games or whoever they're like we want to have this event in the middle of downtown minneapolis and we want to be you know have this much parking and this much facilities and be close to hotels and all this. And just that's why they build the skate park in the location that they want instead of, you know, taking the event to wherever random location the skate park is going to have to be built. I also suspect that there's like a different set of regulations that one has to meet, you know, for a temporary skate bowl or whatever, you can just kind of like make sure it stands up for the weekend. But, you know, if you're building a permanent skate park, it's got to meet a more rigorous set of standards. Didn't the, the Maloofs, former owners of the Sacramento Kings? Yes.
1: Uh, they built that skate park at Flushings, right? They did, yeah. A
0: and, and a park in D.C., I think.
1: Yeah, the, a park in D.C. is still there. Forgot about that.
0: Did they do an event at that D.C. park? They did. that's yeah. Mountain slid a 10 rail. Yeah. Which so I thought was pretty awesome. What happened to those guys? I think that uh, they, I feel like they kind of like cut Dick out. So Deirdick created Street League and basically cut the Maloops out. And now we have Street League instead of the Maloof Money Cup. Oh, that's how that works. Maloof Money Cup is a way tighter name. Also, I I feel like the scoring was cooler for the Maloof
2: Money Cup. All I remember is uh, at the one Maloof Money Cup contest in New York and Flushing, fucking Mark Sanchez, who was the quarterback for the Jets at the time, rolled up with fucking... The actress who was Meadows Soprano. Oh, um, man. What's her name? Dude, whatever. I don't know. But like, it was in a bank. That was crazy. That's awesome. Were you there? I was there. No. What? Oh, you were, you were there? No, I think I was I was
1: watching. Jamie Lynn Sig- Sigler.
0: Yeah, there you go. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spe- speaking of contest construction, I, I feel like every once in a while back in the day, you'd come across a ramp that had some random sheets from some old contest vert ramp and you could make out like part of the X from the X games or whatever. And I feel like that was a pretty cool way of reuse, you know, like whoever was building those had some kind of connection to the local scene and could get those, get those sheets of skate light out to, to keep them skated instead of them just ending up in the landfill. Did you guys ever encounter those? Not exactly, but I did
2: recycle a bunch of sheets of skate light from this, uh, this park. It was one of those church parks or whatever. Oh, yeah. That's like right next to uh, where like the new park is here in Richmond. I don't know. It was raining. I just saw it on Craigslist. They were like, hey, giving away skate light. Cause I guess they were getting rid of the old park and building a new one. So I went over there. I was like, damn. So I rented one of those like Home Depot dump trucks or whatever, put like as many, as much skate light at sheets as I could in that bitch. It was from like 15 to 20. <laughs> damn. damn drove it over to like where my friend lives to build a ramp actually i was going to build a ramp in my backyard but in so i gave it to my friend to build a ramp. and who knows what happened that skate? Like, it's probably somewhere in rich right now yeah, that's yeah it's probably
0: parted it's, out
1: i mean that that stuff lasts forever no i i, I don't have any like contest related examples but i know like the old ramp builder heads around here like if you have a transition from a ramp those things live forever. Like if you have a well-cut transition or well-framed transition, like the bowl, I think it's an outdoor ramp, or at least it was for a little while at third layer, like dates to the early 90s, like some of the transitions and some of the corners that were built for it. And then there was a, there was a ramp around here where, I mean, just the entire ramp moved around town. I think it was at three different locations until it. I think it was finally done in must have been 2016, the same year my kid was born, where the ramp was taken down. And I, I actually don't know if it's out of commission. I just know that the ramp is gone from where it, where it was most recently. So, I don't know. There's something to be said about wood and its portability and reusability compared to the concrete.
0: Yeah, pretty sound uh, environmental impact there because it's just like, you know, those trees were harvested once and they get to be a bunch of different ramps in a bunch of different places. That's pretty awesome and lasts you know sounds like almost as long as a concrete park because there's concrete parks around here that are some of the first built and they are beyond their useful years
1: mm-hmm. yeah i was I, I mean i I thought of this half jokingly but like one of the more um environmentally sound things you can do as a skater is just like skate spitfire f4s because they never wear out it's true those are like the best wheels but i, I, I don't get oh, the... new wheels
2: like because i'm bored <laughs> Or if it's, like, been a while, I'm feeling like, oh, fuck, I'll get some new wheels. But um, there have been some other, like, environmental gimmicks in skating, I think. Like, did someone try to make boards, uh, like, recycle boards or something?
0: Or shoes out of recycle boards? There was, I think they, they made wheels with, like, the core was old wheels. And then there was oh. a wheel around outside. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's, like, way more work to make wheels that way than to just make new wheels. Which I think is, you know, a big issue with any recycling is just the effort that it takes is, uh, you know, doesn't really make it worth it in a lot of cases. But I think yeah, as far as things you can do for the environment, just like skating your shit a little bit longer and like buying less, which isn't all that sexy, but it's a good way to go. Yeah, like I mean, listen, we're not that bad as far as
2: environmental shit goes, dude. I mean, if you look at the big picture, like in the article they were saying, like, oh yeah, like if you're making a DIY, use like this like environmental quick create or something or what did they or like well they were
0: they were, ex- they were experimenting with new new formulas for more environmentally sound concrete which i think is was like you know that'd be awesome if we got some more environmentally sound concrete but also i think that using skaters as your test subject is a great idea because we do abuse the concrete and can you know really put it through its paces
2: yeah, yeah. i'm just looking at the article what was, what is in this shit Potash, I don't even know what that is. Crushed glass, the fuck.
1: But they won't tell you what type of crushed gra- glass.
0: Yeah, that's wild. Well, yeah, that makes sense because like... sand is like a big component of concrete, and yeah, yeah, yeah. glass is just sand. In a different... Fancy sand. Fancy, <laughs> fancy,
1: fancy sand. One, one. Maybe, maybe we gotta look into um, like people trip on. I feel, I feel like modern engineers trip on Roman concrete. Oh yeah, that's they, the big they, like, thing. Built yeah. Water shit that's still around, still useful. What if what if we started making the skate parks out of Roman concrete?
0: Yeah, we need like a ledge made of Roman concrete. That's that would yeah be really good. <laughs> you mean like the Colosseum?
1: I mean, I, I, I it, like not to yeah, nerd I'm out. There. They, they say that the Romans used a used a different uh, recipe, let's say, for their concrete, and yeah, it's, it's more durable than what. It,
0: it's like self healing. So when it Yo. when it chips it kind of like the the new concrete that's like been exposed to the environment now like when it's I think when it gets wet or something like because the lime or some somebody is like yelling at their podcast right now for not getting it right. Check the show notes. I'll link to the article about Roman concrete, but pretty interesting that they just kind of figured that out. I can I can vouch for the self-healing aspect.
1: I'm familiar with this, and I'm wondering like S- certain chunky old ledges, I feel like the Venice Pit ledges would mm-hmm. fall into this category where they're old,
0: they're chunky, but like somehow the chunkier they get, the more perfect they are. Yeah, I think that's like you know it's caked with graffiti also, so it doesn't get it. It never dries out like a standard ledge would. So yeah, it's, it stays stays grinding. I've always wondered if it would be possible to like revive a chunky ledge like take the angle grinder and like smooth it all down and like, you would have to be still kind of rounded, but if you could like get it smooth, would it be, yeah. would it be better? I don't know. It, it would be pretty easy if you had a lightsaber.
2: <laughs> yeah. You could really <laughs> reshape it with the lightsaber. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. But, um, yeah, like a lot of that re- really old, like old world granite just like doesn't chip or it's just like indestructible and like doesn't even like, round off like that one ledge like um near Columbus Park like right across from the courthouse like basically like down the block from um Blubba and the courthouse drop and shit that thing's been around forever it's still like sharp as you know
1: still razor sharp pretty much yeah it's probably there's like whatever material is it's made of is super hard there's definitely granite benches on the U of M they're capped now the 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 ones I'm thinking of I mean they were skated for Let's say fifteen, seventeen years. Nice granite, polished granite ledge with like a tiny, like rounded, very like almost like a pen's roundness, rounded edge. And I mean those things again, cap now. But you you, you would look at them and be like, oh, these are like barely skated, not destroyed. Yeah, it's interesting how these materials hold up.
0: I think that slight rounding is what helps so much. Like those. Stone or concrete ledges that are super sharp, like they chip up a lot faster than if it's like just a little bit rounded.
1: I mean, what's what's the uh, environmental toll of quarrying new granite? Yeah, there's that's got to be pretty bad. Granite sitting around. There's probably enough granite, used granite, to take care of a lot of our needs.
0: Yeah, I think granite is actually like a pretty cheap material. You know, like there's a lot of places where they just use granite for curbs. And if you if you've ever seen it, it's like the curb is maybe six inches tall, but the granite that they make it with is like two feet wide, and it's just like you know a foot and a half into the ground.
2: Oh yeah, I think they do that here. Like it's not smooth, but I think
1: you can tell it's granite. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's it's what a what very Virginia that. thing
1: for sure. Yeah, that's what happens when you skate. You're like an amateur geologist. I uh, yeah, the first time I ever saw granite curbs was in Boston, where I was I was generally tripping on how old everything was. Because they're, you know the winters out there don't just destroy everything like they do here. And yeah, just ancient granite chunks as a curb. Pretty cool.
0: Yeah. I think granite's a pretty uh, readily available material back east. Was it on the skate parks
1: episode? I feel like we were just talking about just the, the properness of skating on top of granite. Not just as a ledge, but as a floor form as well.
0: I don't remember we were talking about Pulaski, I remember...
1: Oh yeah, How I'm good. I'm yeah, like yep. And good. and writing over the letters, yeah, I was just yeah. I was catching up on that so that I didn't didn't step on any skate park takes toes as a uh, this kind of dovetails with skate parks. Skating on granite's the best. A lot of granite in downtown Minneapolis. If it ever stops raining here and warms up a little bit, I'm I'm, I'm going there.
0: Oh yeah, God, I can't wait to skate street again.
1: Do we have any more takes on the environment and skateboarding?
0: Uh, I think I'm good. I mean, kids look out for the environment. I feel like, can, but... I mean,
1: just the, you know, the fact that, I don't know, decks get handed down, a lot of stuff gets used twice. I remember we we used to throw shoes into the ceiling at the skate park, and if they were even, like, had any life, you know, left in them, you know, kids would shimmy up and grab them and skate them, and I don't know, there's a lot of reuse. I don't know about reduce, but, uh, yeah, reuse and recycling is, is is a part of the culture, so.
2: Yeah, I mean yeah like i said i mean we're pretty good about environmental shit and like i don't know maybe i personalized the article a little bit but like i still think it's kind of like a like a forest for the trees kind of thing you know just to focus on skating uh
1: you know i'm i'm sympathetic to the aims of it of trying to find the angle yeah yeah i i I agree in terms of forest for the trees i mean it feels like a paper straw type thing you know you're doing something but
0: is it really the issue you know is it really addressing the issue at hand yeah i mean the you're gonna make a bigger impact through like political means and like changing large systems and stuff but that's a lot harder and i i kind of tend to think that whatever you can do to help is good so you know if you want to be a vegetarian or if you want to bring metal straws with you or use a reusable water bottle whatever those are all great i don't think i don't think doing things that are good for the environment is ever a bad thing. So do what you can. That is the correct take. I have been...
1: I've I've found myself disillusioned, you know, with the fact that, like, plastic bottle recycling is kind of a fiction.
0: Yeah, that's just going in the trash right now.
1: That's a dour note.
0: (laughs) Well, I, I should explain that, yeah, a lot of recycling doesn't actually get recycled because it's... Well, China is where most of the recycling happens, and... Of doesn't want our garbage anymore, so it just kind of ends up going to an incinerator or a landfill or something like that.
1: I mean, yeah, probably not using plastic as much as possible is a good thing. And skateboarding was ahead of the curve, man. They head of the curve, or no, I said curb accidentally. <laughs> curve, I mean, we like copers, all that plastic. Shit you, th- this is a reason not to skate rails. Not only do they make your board sound gross but they're plastic they're bad yeah
0: you sliding a ledge you're leaving microplastics all over the environment cut that shit out that that ledge dust (laughs) i think that's a good note to end on word on the street is there's a new static video in the works the sixth in the series this got us thinking about skate video series jason what's your favorite video series does 401 count i kind of think no although it is a series what do you think mike I just want to invoke the four one one rule, even though
1: it's not applicable here, actually. But um, it's kind of a... I mean, it is technically a series, but I think Templeton was looking for something else.
2: A mouth... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah I mean, you're probably right. It's, I think it's more like, or it was more like, like a periodical in uh, in video form. Right. But, um, man, let me think video series. Well, it, it, it would have to be between either Easter Exposure or Ronnie versus Day One. And then I was thinking about it. I was like, I probably didn't even see Eastern Exposure 2 until after Eastern Exposure 3 came out. But just, like, thinking back to when, like, Easter's po- Eastern Exposure 3 dropped, it was so, such, like, a moment, like, on the East Coast. It was kind of like art and explosion of, like, talent and energy. So
1: I got I to gotta say Eastern Exposure with uh, Rodney versus daywan close second. What about y'all? I'm sitting here wondering if Rodney versus daywan is just, you know, part of the... Uh series of world videos seen as how it's basically the same same structure as all of those but um yeah i mean it, sidebar it's funny to even think of eastern exposure as part of a series since yeah I, I saw ee2 eastern exposure 2 on youtube like within the last two years for the first time
2: oh yeah like my my friend had a copy of it okay in like the late 90s so that. Well, that's how it was. Like, either, you know, either your friend randomly had a copy of it or, like, you no, know, you didn't fucking see shit. But, uh, you know, that's, you know, we recited that chapter in verse. But yeah.
0: Yeah, there's probably less than a thousand, maybe less than 500 Eastern exposures to VHS tapes out there. So yeah, I remember seeing two long after three. Now I want to get
1: Dan Wolf on the phone and find out, like, exactly. five mean, 500 to a thousand is probably, well, I mean, yeah we were doing local video runs of a thousand out of here in like the two thousand you know ninety nine two thousand two thousand one. so that's a very good question. now I'm really curious yeah I should, I should hit him up Fa- I favorite mean, favorite series I mean, I just kind of punted on it
2: i mean if if you think about it, the sub zero video was pretty much an Eastern exposure exposure video because I'm pretty sure Dan will filmed it. It he was did. like all this it was like all the same guys that were in, you know, the, the Philly section of Eastern Football Two, which was a pretty big part. Like that was really when I when Love Park became a thing in my mind. Like, you know, we knew about Pulaski and all the ship. It was like, oh, there's this there's this other place Just four hours instead of two hours away that is like insane. So I'm sorry, Mike, what were you saying? Did you ever make a call there about your favorite series?
1: Oh, um I don't know if I have a favorite series necessarily. Like I, I um I have put it out publicly on Twitter that I'm not a fan of just numbering videos because now that I'm old and washed, like a Genesis Four or whatever we're up to, is just confusing to me more than anything. Actually, it was it was all the Sabotage videos. That, oh, dude, that were the root. Read- my God, when we
2: were
0: doing my notes, I completely forgot about Sabotage. Yeah,
2: Sabotage is probably pretty pretty
0: high up there for best series.
2: Yeah, I put Sabotage over uh, Ronnie
1: vs. Day One. I mean, it's a tight name. I, 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 gotta admit, man, it's like the numbered things, the numbered skate videos. I'm kind of turned off by it. So
0: I'm, I'm gonna go on record and just say I don't have a favorite. Wow. I'm gonna say shit. I don't know if I have a favorite series either. I kind of have the same, the same tops that Jason did. You know, seeing as I were both East Coasters of the same age, uh, I'm gonna just. Say my favorite series that never actually became a series was a Ride or Die Volume One, or I guess the Ride or Die series. We only got Volume One. It is named Ride or Die Volume One. What could have been, man? And I, I, I had I wrote it
1: down like 2001 or whenever that video came out. 2001 me would have killed for volumes two and three. Not to even get greedy.
2: Yep. But. They went over to zoo. What, did they Did they ever make a video when they all went over to zoo? Maybe that would be like... No, I, think I, don't think,
0: I don't think we ever got any, like, Clyde Singleton zoo footage. Maybe not even any Clyde Singleton photos. That was so weird. That is super weird.
1: One of the most bizarre chapters in skateboarding uh activity that has a lot of bizarre chapters.
0: Definitely. I think series are interesting. I think that it really works for local scenes, but I think for brands, it loses its luster very quickly. Uh, What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I mean, well, with Static, when Static came out, it it had a concept. It was like, you know, he was going to showcase all these like relatively unknown rippers on the East Coast. Like, the first one was, well, I forget who else was, you know, Sean Molyndore. Don't remember who else. Second one was, most memorably, uh, Danny Renaud. That part is, yeah, fucking All-Timer. Um, oh, Pulio, Pulio's part, Static 2. And Static 3, I'm starting to remember less. It was like the Philly section. Static 4, yeah, you might be right, Mike. I'm starting to, like, remember less and less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's, it's Diminishing Returns. I couldn't I couldn't tell you who was in Static uh, 5. Was it Jamal Williams? Did Quinn maybe have a part? Hey, I don't know. I haven't watched that video in a long-ass time. But I know Steve Brandy had a part in um, Static 4, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think that's the diciness of it all. It's like, I don't know, the, the the there's a proof of concept for sure with like Static. And yeah, what John Johnny Gay was Static 2. Oh, yeah. Oh, that part was insane. He like, like it was East. Static 2 like Static the first Static warranted I feel like a sequel, you know, because it for sure was, like yeah. it was really more. relevant. It it was a relevant thing at the time where you know I I feel like static grows out of eastern exposure you know so so as you contextualize these videos it you kind of get the idea that this makes sense to kind of continue on this idea but yeah the the idea of doing sequels like I I helped Benji Meyer here in town I I, I've been credited as edit slave or, or associate editor in various videos and you know we helped come up with concepts and uh yeah i'll 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 claim it here i financed the first run of dvds for weekend warriors in 2006 yeah making big skate park money at the time but like it was super fun to come up with consulted for sure on like three different videos and maybe a fourth if you count the phobia video but, like, it was super fun to come up with new concepts, new angles, new ways to do titles, new ways to do this. And um, I, I just, I, I'm very skeptical about doing series videos because, I don't know, why run it back? Why not do something new?
0: Yeah, it seems like a missed opportunity. And I think that, you know, lots of brands like Girl and Chocolate, they have an aesthetic. But each video is new and they bring something new to the table instead of just, like, here's the same video, just update it. I, I think I'd rather see that than just like, oh, here's Skate Mafia video numbered next that I'm not right. going to remember.
2: I, I was thinking about Skate Mafia. I was like, well, is that a series? Because they basically call each video like by the year. It's like a yearbook. It's like Skate Mafia video 2013, Mafia video 2014. And yeah. It's like... And like they're all dope, like they're fucking awesome.
1: But I don't know—is is the title that important?
2: You know, I I, 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 I love that.
1: Thinking of Baker videos, because what it was—Baker Bootleg, Baker Two G, Baker Three. And then did they they did do a Baker Four? That was the the most recent, right? Or was it four? Why am I blanking on this?
0: I, yeah, I think so. I, and there were a few like other things, like Baker Has a Death Wish, like some other Baker things. In between, it's it's the slight differences in
1: names. Like the subtitles help, but the slight differences and the different kind of personalities. I mean, yeah, Baker has as coherent a video brand as any skateboard brand. But I, yeah, it's easier to differentiate those. I mean, you get into like the happy medium zone, and granted, like those never really were my thing. And it's like you know who who could tell the difference. That's, uh, unless, unless that's,
0: that, that's that Arizona thing, right? Right. Yeah. Right. I remember there was a happy medium video on what is it? Skate video trivia. What was it? Skateboardle. Skateboardle. Yeah. Yeah. There was a happy medium video on skateboardle. And I was like, you know, I kind of got onto the happy medium thing, but I was like, is it happy medium one? Nope. Happy medium two? Nope. <laughs> happy medium three? Nope. And then I ran out of guesses and it was like, yeah, it's happy medium seven. I was, no, I'm, <laughs> no, ten- no way I could have got that. Unless say any guesses. You couldn't tell which John Rob Moore part it was. No, not not at all. <laughs> and I'll I'll tell you. I'm I'm
2: already confused with the Baker one. So there was like Baker, Baker one, Baker bootleg, Baker bootleg, Baker two G, then Baker three, and then Baker four, and then
1: there with Death Wish. Was it just like Baker has a Death Wish? Baker has a Death Wish, which was I feel like technically a promo, right? If, even though it was 40 minutes long, nobody knows. And then they had like bigger as a death, I that's what's. and there
2: was B-Dash, um, I'm just looking it up here, the Death Wish video in 2021.
1: Maybe that was their first video. That was in 2021?
0: Mm-hmm. Bigger as a uh, Death Wish is 2008.
1: Yeah, I've I reviewed that for TSM, I believe. I Maybe I didn't, uh, I have no
2: well, idea. <laughs> in the, some quick room, enter internet research here. It's, there was a video called the Death Wish video from 2021.
1: Which one did Slash do the uh, cab frontside nose slide down clipper? That's a
0: fantastic trick. I don't know. I would guess that was the Death Wish video. Since it's 2013, I feel like that, I was in my in my gift making heyday then because I feel like I remember making that gif. Gift King? Yeah. The kingdom was popping at that time.
1: You were not putting the bangers immediately on
0: the uh, internet? No. 24-hour waiting period. Yep. company policy. Cooling off phase. Just, just out of respect.
2: Wait, no, maybe this wasn't 2021 because Moose is in this one. I don't know what Moose and Furby. Furby, who was? Weren't they the same person? No, they weren't the same person. <laughs> that
1: would have been the same dude. Different dudes, but very similar. Moose was incredibly good, as was Furby.
2: Yeah, he did like a, a 360 flip no slide on the handrail or something.
1: Yeah, I was, I was. Uh... Talking with a buddy today where the battle at the barracks, rest in peace. I don't know if they still do it or not. But um, that was always a crazy barometer where it's like, oh, shit, this dude's really good because he can do everything on flat ground. That was my (laughs) nice reaction. And, uh, well, the the other guy that we were talking about actually was Benny Fairfax. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he won. Yeah, he made a a name for himself. He won?
0: Yeah. (laughs) He's a BAB B A T B winner. He, he was like one of the first, like within probably the first three. Well, yeah, it, it
1: made me appreciate it. like, oh shit, Benny Fairfax is like way better <laughs> than what his footage is.
2: Oh, no, I'm not bad. The Death Wish video was 2013. Oh. That's where you get your Moose and Figgy. Yeah. So, Burb. yeah, again, again, titles are
1: confusing. Like, what what was like their latest video? Did they do bigger as a Deathwish 2? No, I don't think that, so. That'd be a move. See, one thing I advocate for is uh, we made, again, a a Minneapolis local video. We made a video called Shitheads Volume 8, (laughs) which was the first installment, the first and only installment of Shitheads, uh, unless we, you know, finally get it all together and do Shitheads the movie or Shitheads Contagion. That that, That was the running idea when it was the pandemic years. Shitheads Contagion would have been sick.
0: Yeah, for sure. Oh, I I just thought of a video series that might be my favorite, or one certainly worth tracking down. The Bees series. Oh, hell yeah. So Bees Two Swarm
1: uh was the first one I I ever experienced. Given to me but Josh Ellis. I was at Cream City in Milwaukee and Josh Ellis, the uh bee, the the man behind bees. The beekeeper? What right, the the one of the beekeepers and then also the the driving force behind Wiskate which is in its twenty fifth year this year. Um, no, he had he, he he made a little DVD sleeve out of a piece of printer paper. And I was at uh, at Cream City in Milwaukee, drinking beer w- late one night, and he just like handed me that DVD, and that was that was life changing. That's a fantastic d- uh, you know video series.
0: And I feel like with the Bees videos, that's where the series is really strong. Because, like, after you've seen Bees 2 and you hear about Bees 3, you're like, oh, shit. I know what I'm getting here. And I can't wait. Whereas, like, I mean, I guess that's what it what it was like also with the Flip Sorry videos. Like, really sorry, extremely sorry. You're like, oh, shit. I'm going to get Arto and Rowley and, you know, all the best dudes. And then it's kind of like... <laughs> not... <laughs> Not quite as good as the original. That I mean, that you
1: you put down diminishing returns, right? Yeah. For the sorry series, I I I would put the theory out there that going with the whole sorry thing, like deaded Flip as a brand. Damn. I don't know. I mean, Patrick, you know, Patrick, I feel like Patrick and I were we trying to figure out on here what happened to Flip. Well, they were too sorry, too apologetic. Apologetic. Although. Extremely sorry, not that
2: bad. Like, fucking, um, Maruga TX's part is really good. I even like, like, Luan Oliveira's part when he was like super tech, like, baggy clothes, like, fitted with a flat brim. shit. Luan's great. Uh, yeah, Luan's a beast, dude. Like, he's probably one of the best ever. Big claim.
1: I'm not, never never which one has a claymation? That's where they lost. Yeah, it. that was extremely sorry. Okay.
2: The the thing about Luana, he never came out with like one part, like one
1: signature part. I feel like, or is the signature part just gone? Is that I never going to happen
0: for be, some of these guys? Yeah, I was thinking about Luana. The thing that I remember about Luana is him doing nollie heel flips over like really tall shit in like Globe shoes. Hauling ass. Yeah. Wasn't he on like Globe and Nike at the same time or some, something like that? <laughs> or, like, had dates had yeah. for both of them? or and he chose to escape the globes? No, he was on
1: Nike for a long-ass time. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was, like, a uh, Janowski dude. Yeah. Like,
2: yeah. The, the closest was... thing he had to a signature part was probably one of those, like, Nike SB Chronicles videos, which, like, didn't really make an impact or whatever. You know, they kind of came and weren't
0: Yeah, there's another series. That series kind of made sense, I felt oh, like, like. It was kind of, like... Eventually when the Chronicles is done, basically everybody on the team will have had a part in one of the videos. It's kinda of like how I perceived the concept. So it was like it was a different video every time, different makeup of writers, but it was just kind of like put the series in parentheses, kinda of like put them all together as a as a whole. Does that make sense? Yeah.
2: it definitely made sense because the team's so easy, It's like it'd be impossible to make a full video. Right. You just can't make a, a single video with yeah. everybody. I like I like those just dude. Another good recent series is uh johnny wilson's video blog on
1: vimeo shout out that guy
0: yeah like what was you gonna say bad. about um
1: i just like the chronicles 2 video I, I if i recall i don't know that that one i liked i think that one was really strong and like it was it jason hernandez who was doing those yeah i believe yeah, so. I so that sounds right i mean they were strong videos but is the but yeah like even though that's probably everybody's best-paying sponsor, even back then, it seemed like they couldn't just quite. I don't know. Maybe there's there's something about the lack of cohesion when you've got this sprawling team, and you're going to have some crossover spots-wise because you're going on, on these trips and stuff. But still seems like I don't know. I, I mean, now now I'm getting into different challenges of these big brands with like diverse skaters of how to make a video that also feels coherent.
0: Yeah, I also imagine that working on a Nike project, you've got a lot of cooks in the kitchen. You know, the creative director and the art director, and you know, everybody's got got something to say about the video.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, th- I, I do think though, I've got the the chronicles to on my computer, and like where I bought it from iTunes.
2: Oh yeah, I think I did too. I was just looking at it. Like, it's pretty crazy. It's Ashad, Juan, and Shane O'Neill in the same video. Oh shit. Is uh Donovan Piscopo in there? He is on the cover,
1: so yeah, he's in there Something. Yeah, we're gonna say that. It, the Chronicles videos are also um they also contain what I think is a very uh how do how do I water this down a little bit? A controversial cost in part.
0: Mm. I have to go
1: real uh, uh, oh, oh yeah,
2: the part where he does like uh a bunch shit, of like, wallies. Creative like wallies and wall ride tricks and shit. That's a uh That's a nice way to say it. Oh yeah, shout out the Bus Crew uh, Roadhead series. I don't know if it's still going on, but like the four ones that exist are pretty dope. Four installments.
0: Shout out to Bus Crew for sure. Stoked for more. Stoked for anything from uh, from Will and Richmond. So that brings us to the end of our show where we talk about what we're stoked on. Jason, what are you stoked on this week? Venture Trucks. uh, Talked a lot about
2: Sacramento. First part of podcast just down the road in san francisco there's a little foundry where they make uh, venture trucks a good uh hard goods product um figure sacramento stoked on the nba playoffs i mean i'm pretty, pretty sure mike and i agree um the first weekend of nba playoffs is like the best yep the, the best the best um the sacramento golden state game i think it was the other night sunday night was uh, insane it was totally crazy it was one of the best basketball games i've ever seen definitely stoked on that uh speaking of basketball that kind of thing stoked on alexis Sablon's uh, upcoming pro model for converse it looks pretty dope. looks like something larry bird would have worn in like 1983 so stoked to try that one out uh also you guys know i love the spot porn so i'm stoked on a video out of south korea along those lines a little edit called heads up with um i think you know korea maybe malaysia has a bunch from that one you might have seen this one plaza in seoul I think it's like shaped like an oval and there's like stairs and ledges going up the side, like step ledges. And like the middle ledge is kind of like the Love Park fountain ledge. So that's some cool shit out of South Korea. Mike, what are you stoked on this week?
1: I am stoked on my daughter ditching the training wheels on her bike and figuring that out this week. She's bike obsessed. It didn't go too well today. That was like 40 degrees and raining. So we'll, we'll, we'll get back outside on that. Uh, got to do some Timberwolves-related writing work for the local alt-weekly site. That was the first time I, I, I bridged into that category, that topic, so I was stoked to do that interview with the local Twitter guy who uh, looks looks on the bright side when it comes to Timberwolves fandom. We often get kicked in the balls by the team. But yeah, he, he, the, the, my, my guy, Jake's Graffs, who I interviewed, has a good outlook on things, stoked on doing that. Also stoked on doing a fakie 360 flip on a bank the other day. I don't think I'd done that in four or five years. And so, I don't know. Every, every 360 flips have escaped me pretty hard late, lately <laughs> for like a decade uh, ever since I started skating a bigger board. If, if the Guy Mariano, Sean Sheffy, OG, like PS Sticks girl board were still available, it would be tiny and ridiculous, but I could 360 flip on that pretty easy i just believe get
2: like a uh just get like a
1: kevin billy pro model it's like 775 man i just like i love i love everything about my 825 familia shop deck except that i can't three. however i can again so who knows uh and then um the last thing i'm stoked on is listening to episodes of in our time the bbc podcast And uh, I've been on a kick of Ottoman Empire sieges, so uh, check out the episodes about the Siege of Constantinople, Siege of Vienna, Siege of Malta, it's crazy shit. Templeton, what are you stoked on this week?
0: I am stoked uh, that I got to skate eggs when I went to Boston last weekend, and also while in Boston, I walked 25,000 steps two days in a row, stoked on that, because I love walking. It's the most I've ever walked, I think, so cool cool to do that that's it for our show this week be sure to check out mostly net for links to the things that we talked about and other show notes probably not gonna link to every video we talked about should just up too much time you guys can find it uh until next week you can keep up with us all week online mike where can the people find you
1: i'm on twitter and instagram with the same handle at m munzenrider jason where can people find you
2: on the twitter at carbonate ninety four on instagram at frozen carbonate and uh writing stuff for quarterstacks.com just putting the finishing touches on something uh this week so something new should be up like either next week or a week after so definitely i'm um, going to look out for
0: that template work can people find you you can find me on instagram at mostly skateboarding and on twitter at mostly skate we will see you guys next week There.
3: Now that you've found your paradise This is your kingdom to command You can go outside and polish your car Or sit by the fire in your shangri-la Here's your reward for working so hard Gone are the lavatories in the backyard Gone are the days when you dreamed of that car You just want to sit in your Shangri-La